everybody. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, once again joined by Mike Volby in the studio. Yes, sir. As well as our very special guest, host of The Real Conversation, Mr. DJ Moore. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. I know uh, it's been a long time. You had to make the return trip and everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a long way away. We really appreciate it. Uh, the first thing that we have to talk about this week, because I've held off on it, because we had to get our mm-hmm. summer movie preview out, I know people really, really want to know, because they care so much about what I think, <laughs> anything yeah. Batman related, let's talk the new Batman costume and the Batmobile for Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Uh, I saw first the Batmobile teaser that we have up there, Yeah, which looks very good. And now it is covered with the the drape or the tarp, so you really can't see too much of it. But from looking at the back, you get a good idea of the Christopher Nolan-inspired industrial technology Tumblr-type look. Well, they know what works now. Sure. So why take something that works and try to change it into something that's not going to work? And then you see the length of it and the silhouette, the profile, looks very, very similar to the 1989 Tim Burton Batmobile. Which also worked. Which is one of my, is probably my favorite Batmobile yeah. still to this point. So taking that one and then borrowing the Tumblr type look and combining, which is what appears to be what they're doing, I am all for. Yeah. This is a smart decision, if not the smartest decision they have made on this movie so <laughs> far. What do you think, DJ? Yeah, I, I, think there's a lot of promise with the look. I like how it kind of combines the the Nolan version with with the Burton and I think the tail part kind of even looks like the Schumacher stuff, which yeah. as many problems as there were with his two Batman movies, yeah. the Batmobile was a lesser problem, I think. So He's almost like Voldemort around here. We just don't say his name that often. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Yeah, right. Um but yeah, I I I like it. I think they're going in a very great direction with this. Yeah. And then I never felt that the Batmobile was ever an issue in any of the yeah, movies. No, it, I've it, always it, felt like they nailed it every time. The only time it was weird is when uh, I think it was Batman and Robin. I don't know if it was as bad in forever when the Batmobile had these huge grates exposing the engine on the front. Yeah. And it just oh, wasn't protected. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It looked yeah. super vulnerable. Yeah. But aside from that, that, yeah, aside from that, even the Schumacher ones were very Burton inspired. Mm. So yeah. they weren't terrible. Uh, but then we got to look at the actual costume, which I have been processing for oh, yeah. a long Way time. Way better than on my phone. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because okay. I've only seen wow. it on my phone and it was very dark. I did take the image and brighten it up a little bit in Photoshop so that you could see the detail Thanks. even yeah. better. Yeah. There I have been versions online, too, of this that have uh, colorized versions. People are trying to add like the blues and the skin tone in and everything. There are a lot of great things about this costume and there are a couple things that irk me. They're not major complaints, thank goodness. But we also, too, uh, get a better look at the Batmobile. Not necessarily the whole thing, but it supports our theory of the Burton-Nolan combination hybrid thing going on here. And it still looks great. So the costume itself has, and people, again, if they want to see this, go to thegeekgeneration.com. It is in the show notes as well as a post on its own. But the costume itself has a very Man of Steel-inspired texturing Mm -hmm. to it. Uh, the, the bulkiness, I don't know if that's all Affleck or if they added some padding to the suit. I imagine. Okay. It's gotta be padding. <laughs> Wolfie's yeah. giving me a look like, yeah, there's gotta be some, some padding there and you're probably a hundred percent right. Uh, all the muscle definements are great. I really am a fan of the fact that the cowl and the cape are attached and kind of one piece. Yeah. That is more of a comic book inspired thing. And I, I largely support that. There are some people complaining about the shorter ears. But I am not having any issues with that whatsoever. It's a cool look. Yeah, it's more in the it's more like the Dark Knight Returns costume yeah. as well as the Jim Lee inspired cowl. And I'm not going to criticize something designed by my favorite comic book artist of all time. So uh, the Jim Lee type cowl is very great in my mind. The actual like scowl on it itself looks sculpted beautifully. So that's all awesome. The fact that the Suit, even though this is all black and white, the suit and the gloves appear to be a different tone. I appreciate that. So you get kind of that black and gray classic look in the Nolan verse. It was all black. Yeah. So you didn't have the detail like you do there. Burton's uh, the, too, right? And Burton's, Burton's too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like the two tone. Uh, the belt is black as well or dark. We can't tell exactly what color necessarily. That looks good. 
One of my complaints, though, does come up in this area where I know the new 52 has pushed the costume in a different direction and they've kind of gotten rid of superhero trunks on all characters, but it just makes the junk look exposed. It really does. And it There's did Men of Steel, no too. There are no trunks there. I think Affleck had that in his contract. That, that had to be <laughs> part of the costume. You got to keep the junk uh, yeah. front and center. So like the Man of Steel costume, where that was also a good costume and I still liked it, the missing trunks do feel somewhat more naked. And I don't like the look as much. It feels more superhero-like. And it just looks better, I think, when the trunks are included. Or at least if you tone that area in the darker color. It doesn't even have to be a separate piece of fabric or anything on top of the other one. It just needs to be two-toned like the gloves and like the boots probably are. The other complaint that I have that I know some people are actually excited about is the emblem on the chest. It is reminiscent of, again, the Dark Knight Returns costume. That is the biggest inspiration for this suit and if i show you an image uh this is from it is arkham a very city large image it is this is from arkham city that is the dark knight returns costume rendered in cgi so you can get more of a 3d look at it compared to the original you can see the clear influences between the two the smaller ears the larger chest logo and uh the logo here is actually not as accurate as the logo is on the batman uh the ben affleck batman costume so that one even looks more like the returns one, the logo at least, but it just looks too big to me. Uh, it's large, but it seems to be the same color, so yeah. it's not going to pop out and be in your face, right? It's, it's kind of subtly there. You just kind of, hey, look, the symbols on his chest, right? Yeah. I actually would just prefer. I, I love the Hush logo. I wish they had gone in that direction, or even the animated series logo. I really like too. I didn't need the Nolan one again. I didn't want the Nolan one again. I like that that's in its own universe. You know, if you when you look at it, you almost don't even notice. I'm almost okay yeah, if the if the logo wasn't even there. Right. It would still work. Oh, you need the logo. I know you you want the logo, <laughs> but I'm saying it's so subtly there that yeah. you when you first glance, you don't even notice. Right. Right. And then maybe that's my issue with it is that it's not noticeable enough. They have gone back and created an explanation for the logo. Yeah. Like everyone goes, "Why would why would Batman ever have the oval on his chest with the yellow standing out so brightly when he's a stealth-like character? Yeah. And the idea uh, that they've at least created, maybe post-designing <laughs> it, is that he's trying to attract attention to his chest because it's the most armored part of his suit. So if somebody throws a punch or if somebody shoots at him, they're likely right. to glance and aim in that direction to take attention away from the less armored head or maybe other parts That's true. of his costume. Hmm. So it is to attract attention and not actually uh, hide away. Now, is this Batman supposed to be older? Yes. Like yeah. middle-aged Batman? Yes. 40s or something? Yeah. They yeah. purposely cast Affleck for that okay. reason. But it also, again, creates a weird dynamic between Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor as a younger Lex Luthor compared to an older Bruce Wayne. They're so not the on the same playing field. Yeah. So people are all even Superman aged differently and Superman's younger yeah. than Batman. Batman is going to be probably in the span of the Justice League, the oldest guy. Yeah. Which I don't know if I necessarily like. I understand why they're doing it because they'll probably frame him as the leader. Yeah. Probably. So overall, I like the suit. And these are really the only images to come out for this the movie. Is it right? So far. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do like the suit. It looks there solid. There are a few minor complaints, like I mentioned, but overall, it is way better than what we could have ended up with. Yeah, I right. think it's. I saw a lot of reaction online about how much people liked it. And mm -hmm. I was like, is this the start of the tides turning on right. Affleck being Batman? And yeah. Oh, out. I almost wish the promo picture they released was just Affleck in costume flipping off the internet. Yeah, that would for be. For all the venom. <laughs> Why didn't they do that? That'd be. For huge. all the venom he got. And this actually has inspired a ton of memes, as everybody knew Sad it would. Batman. Sad Batman <laughs> has become a meme online. They just keep putting him in situations where he should be looking sad or shouldn't be looking sad, but he is anyway. So this is being photoshopped like crazy. But overall, like I said, looks pretty solid. Yeah. All right, then. Let's move forward. <laughs> I had to get that out of the way. That's fine. Yeah. Was that like, like a geek out? I, I don't know if it was. It was neither. It was just this needs to be addressed now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to take care of it at the top of the show because I know people were waiting. At least I was just waiting to talk about it. But now we will talk about our geek outs. Yay! Volpe. I won't go too far into it because we're doing a spoiler room, but Godzilla was awesome. It was awesome. 
And the theater was packed. Yep. Like people, I'm pretty sure there were. Huge hit. Besides the seat next to me, they were almost. Yeah, no we were surprised seats. with how packed it was. Yay. I'm sure that will happen <laughs> way too often throughout this episode. Yeah, just a, a good movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Um, I started listening to, uh, I'm a big fan of Dana Lynn Bailey, who's a physique competitor, mm-hmm. and her husband has his own band i guess okay so i started listening to his stuff it's really good just check it out on what's iTunes. the band called it's rob bailey and the hustle standard okay they have their own clothing line which is what i'm wearing oh they're huge now what's like, they're the just, they type gotta be of making music it. it's definitely heavier rock okay with a little bit every now and then he's got a guy who sings with him every now and then it's got a little bit of like hip-hop to him oh. it's a white guy but he's able to pull it off is it mostly instrumental or no oh okay. no it's it's really like motivating too. Like if you're gonna work, this is music you work out to. It'll. I'm sure that's no coincidence. No. <laughs> um, so that's I've been listening to that a lot. Cool. He doesn't have too much. It's only like he might have ten or eleven songs total, hmm. and then a bunch of like remixes of it. I don't know. Other play, people have like remixed his stuff, but it's cool. good. Um, and then speaking of which, uh, I'm pumped because a friend of mine at the gym is dating a girl who grew up with them now. Right, and I'm just right. like, oh my God. Like these she's like my she's like my female Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Like she's like that. So yeah. I just chance I might be able to meet them. And I'm like <laughs> geeking out every day about it. Just waiting for the confirmation of it. Yeah. So um that's pretty much it. Cool. It's a small life I live. It's okay. Hey. <laughs> Sheltered. It's okay. DJ, anything you're geeking out about? Uh I know you guys covered it on Probably past episodes. I know at least you you talked about it after it came out. But now you're here, I'm, and we want to hear your opinion. I'm still geeking out over Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was like, a great. I, movie. I really want to go see it again before yep. it leaves theaters. Not that that's probably going to be anytime soon. The way it's been making money, but yeah, right, still making I, that much money. It's doing well. Yeah. Um. I just. I don't know. I think it. I think it's probably Marvel's best movie next to Avengers. Yeah. I was really impressed. I agree. I enjoyed the, I mean, I've enjoyed all of them to some extent, but I just was not expecting to like this as much as I did. And it was, I mean, I love how they gave Black Widow and Nick Fury kind of expanded roles. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just Captain America. I loved that they brought in Falcon. I thought Anthony Mackie was perfect for, for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really liked how they used, they used the action scenes well. Like it seemed at first that it was going to be the typical, action where it's moving so fast you don't even see mm-hmm. what's happening and then i realized that was happening because of how they shot it and it was using the environment to show off these scenes like the elevator sequence was fantastic yeah yeah because it's it's in that enclosed environment to stage a huge fight in when you only have the length of an elevator mm-hmm. and i just thought it was used they used space really well and it drove the, the story forward yeah, it, it was an action for action's sake yeah. it was an establishment of okay this is the stance shield is taking against him and he is yep. taking against them and yeah. yeah and i just i really like how they translated it over to agents of shield the tv show so you have been watching that yeah yeah I, yeah I that was my next question watching that yeah. with with the pilot and stuck with it even though i think the first probably half of the season was pretty rough agreed um and then it all of a sudden took a turn and got really good i thought with the episode that was in line with captain america yeah yeah, yeah. so have you watched through the season finale already yep yeah i'm all caught up yeah so. nick fury Popping up in the yeah, season finale. Great. And uh, Maria Hill showing up yep. in the two episodes before that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So that would be one of one of the geek outs. Uh, cool. Kind of geeking out over my class. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, Are you kidding? Are you Look at the show you're on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about shameless self-promotion. So, as we talked about last week, I teach American cinema, American culture. Mm-hmm. It's a continuing ed class for college students and uh, I, this year, I this is the fourth or fifth time I've taught it, uh, and I totally redid the entire course, and mm-hmm. I wanted to bring in a lot more recent movies. So the second half of the semester for the last seven weeks are all movies released last year, yeah, in cool. 2013. That's so, great. Uh, from like smaller stuff like Mud and Short Term 12 mm-hmm. to um, some of the bigger Oscar movies, uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Her, which I mean, they're still smaller movies, but they right. they got a lot of talk around Oscar season. So uh, it's going to be fun for me to do something where usually I do a long spread throughout kind of the history of movies, but the last seven weeks are going to be all 
recent stuff. Mm. It's fun when you have a class like that where you can follow the industry as you're going along. Yeah, yeah. I know I've done a video game design class where uh, we watch the E3 like press things as they're happening and talk about them in class and where the industry's going. Like last year was super exciting with the console wars going on yeah. during the class time and it reinvigorates your passion in the teaching too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think I think that's it. Okay. Great geek outs. Uh Godzilla was my first one too. <laughs> Again, we'll we'll hop into the spoiler room later on, but it was absolutely great. The Arrow season finale was excellent. Yeah, this I'm that should I should have gone with that too. <laughs> excellent. That show is the direction that DC should be taking cinematically. Yeah. They should be building up their TV product to translate to the big screen. And I wish that I almost wish we weren't getting Batman versus Superman so that Gotham could build up to that something maybe. Yeah. Although Gotham would kind of stand alone, I guess, anyway, just because it's prequeling. But Arrow has been amazing. It's so good. Another show that when it started, I was like, I don't, I want to stick with this, mm -hmm. but the, like the acting, the first two, three episodes. And the pilot was, was cheesy. Yeah. And I just stuck with it for one reason or another. And then again, probably mid season one, late season yep. one, I was like, this show has gotten really good. And yeah. Continued that through the second season. And then season two just went bananas. Yeah. And I love the references to the DC universe. Yep. Even if they don't make full on appearances, they reference right. characters, they reference cities. And I thought the, the, was it, how many episodes was Barry Allen on? Was it three? Two or three? Uh, two or three, yeah. Uh, I thought that was handled really well. Yep. Really got me excited for where they're going to go with the Flash show. And then the, the teaser I liked, but, the new five minute trailer they yeah. released was fantastic. And you've, uh, you've named my third geek out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's please. It's a great transition. The Flash series trailer, the five minute. Mm. I doubt you've watched it, Volby, right? No, no. But holy crap. Yeah. It looks awesome. It really does. It looks really, really good. And knowing that it's spinning off and from the same people that are doing Arrow, Arrow yeah. just gives me the utmost confidence in yeah. it. Are there going to be crossovers? I guarantee it. All the yeah, time. it looks at least in the the five minute trailer, it mm -hmm. ends with him and uh, Oliver Queen on a roof together talking. Yep. So yeah, it looks really tremendous. And they're yeah. starting off with the Weather Wizard and the pilot. It yep. looks like uh, my only thing still with that is I wish the gold was on the logo. Although when I saw him running at one point, it looked like it almost lit up yellow. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like they're kind of like detailing it as he runs, which is interesting. Yeah. Because you are getting yellow streaks in his run, too. Have they announced who John Wesley Ship is playing? They have not. Because this is, you know, John Wesley Ship. No. He's the actor that played The Flash on the 90s series. Oh, okay. Uh, also was Dawson's dad on Dawson's mm -hmm. Creek. So I always referred to him as The Flash when right. he was on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> right, right. But I love the fact that they brought him in yes. as what seems like a main character. So I'm kind of hoping he's playing Barry Allen's dad. Oh, I think that would be a cool way to, that would to be do cool. it with not necessarily, you know, not everybody's going to know. Very few people are probably going right, to know right, right. who he is in terms of the Flash history. But um, just kind of making a, a nod to the original series. It's the same way that they brought in like past Superman stars into Smallville, Smallville yeah, every now yeah. and then, too. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to see that legacy. Yeah. Yeah. So DC, while they're kind of making some questionable judgments cinematically, aside from the Batman costume, apparently, mm. uh, are killing it, killing it in live-action TV right yeah, now. Yeah, Gotham looks really good. It does. Yeah. It does. So I'm very excited for what they have coming out. Uh, let's then jump into freakouts. Oh, freakout! Fortunately, life has been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Oh, good. I don't actually have a freakout this I'm week. I'm glad to hear oh, that. Yes. I mean, as much as I like content, I, <laughs> I'm I happy just, your life My content's usually dramatic, so. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I feel bad that I don't. Don't. But I'm don't like, feel bad at all. Nothing that's has really pissed me off in the last week or so. Wow. Well, that's a good thing. It's a rarity yeah. for you. <laughs> Besides maybe my allergies, but, you know, yeah. that's oh, yeah. typical this time of year. Seasonal freak out. That Seasonal happens. death. Yeah. <laughs> DJ? Yeah, I've got one just happened yesterday. Okay. And, uh, I was reading one of my favorite movie sites, uh, slash film, mm -hmm. and they had a review for Days of Future Past. Oh, no. I'm not going to say anything that spoils it. Okay. But it just bothers me when reviews turn into synopsis. It's not. Yeah. If you're giving away the whole movie and you're Agreed. explaining every scene or just details of the plot, that's not a movie review. It's right. It's synopsis. And 
I love this site, but it really pissed me off that one yeah. of the main writers decided to write a review that I made it through the first like paragraph, which was a good review. Yeah. And then it got into with no warning what happens. So I already know. Like, oh. I, I think it was a oh, major spoiler, spoiler as to how to, the movie kicks off and gets underway, which I was totally not expecting it to go this way. So now that was oh, for me. So that, that really sucks. pissed me off. Yeah. Oh. So that was, that's my, ma- I feel for you. Yeah. That, like, Cause, and that, like we said last, in last week's episode, we're all looking forward to that one. And yeah. that's probably my, probably my number one for the summer that I was looking for. That's a bummer. So, yeah. See, I never read reviews going into movies. I like to read them after to hear yeah. other people's take on them. But and that's for that usually very how reason, I do it. But yeah. just because this slash is usually really good about doing reviews that don't give anything away. And it's just, just what a movie review should yeah. be. Mm-hmm. And in this case, with no warning, they just blew it. That sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just stopped reading because I didn't know what else was coming. So. Yeah. Yeah, Damn it. Right. <laughs> I think that's it. That's it's too bad. That's, that's a big one. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, my only one is, and I only have one this week too. It's a, it's a good time. It is. Guys. Well, summer's coming. We're yeah. all happy. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> Popcorn, soda. <laughs> Popcorn and soda. It <laughs> makes everybody happy. Yep. Um, this is Twitter related. Oh, Twitter rolled out a new option. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It didn't get it didn't. a lot of publicity and it's probably in there and it probably just snuck up and I think they kind of tucked it away. Uh, they've rolled out a mute option that I guess people have been asking for for a while where anybody that you are following, if you don't want them to show up in your timeline, you can mute them and it won't notify them or anything. So it's supposed to be a polite way of unfollowing someone without actually unfollowing them and them getting the notification or, or okay. being able to see that yeah. you're not paying attention to them. Well, that's like, unfo- that's like on Facebook, right? Hiding yeah. somebody from you. Hiding right. I know the purpose is for maybe like somebody who's talking about a movie that you don't want spoiled or uh, yeah. watching a sports game that you don't care about or someone wants to mute us when we're talking about WrestleMania yeah. as we're watching it. That's probably the idea, but that's not how it's going to be used. It's right. going to be so you can uh, be two-faced and follow somebody and then mute them from your timeline. If they want to mute something, they should make it so that you can mute hashtags or words so you can mute. The word WrestleMania, WrestleMania right? Anything that's tweeted that uses Wrestle and Mania, and this it's automatically just taken off your timeline. And I do that on occasion, like when the Breaking Bad finale happened, and I didn't want it spoiled. You can do that in certain programs, like I use a program called TweetDeck, which all yeah. my stuff comes through, yeah. and I can mute keywords or hashtags or things like that. They just make that available on the right. phone. But with this option, it's just muting individual people or accounts, and not necessarily then just follow them. Why? Exactly. Well, I think the idea, like I said, is that if someone's talking about something, you can mute them temporarily and they don't have to be like, why did this person unfollow me and then follow me back again? Or I just saw that they followed me. Why did they unfollow me? So it makes sense in that way, but that's not how it's going to be used. Right. It's people that are just going to be like, I want the credit for following this person. I don't want them to be insulted that I'm not paying attention to them, but I'll be two faced and mute them behind the scenes and I never have to see what they have to say. Silly. Yeah. So now it's it's just mimicking real life even more, is. Yeah, which is right. which is the biggest problem. So I'm not a huge fan of that because uh, I know people just use it wrong. I just don't like that I could have so many followers and they're not authentic because yeah. how many of those followers are now muting me? <clears throat> so what's True. the point? Well, uh, there'll, there'll be an app that comes out that lets you see who mutes you. There will be. There always is. That's pretty much all on that. So now's the exciting time when we get to talk about our smash-ups. Oh, smash! It's been a fun game so far. We've yep. been enjoying the smash up. I don't know if DJ has any prepared for us. Maybe he I does. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't think of this. That's I, okay. I heard the last. The last. This I is a new one this though. So bad. <laughs> is this the celebrity? This is. Yeah. Uh, the smash up with that we had asked for this week are the food celebrities, which was not an easy one. So understandably difficult. We still got a decent amount of responses yeah. though. Not as much as last time, but still pretty good. Uh, the examples I had given in the past were Jet Broccoli. Tomato Cruz and Ice Cream Abdul Jabbar, which I still think is the best one ever. I think that is good. <laughs> uh, we got a bunch of responses. I took the best of the best as cool. usual. The first set comes in from Matt West. He said Carrie Fisher and Chips. Ah, well That's done, sir. Jack Lemonade. Like it. Nice. Sean Penne Pasta. Uh. And Clint Yeastwood. Yeastwood? <laughs> Yeastwood. <laughs> ah, that's great. Great answers. Good one. Superfan Chris Tong writes in. Superfan. Banana Kendrick. Oh, okay. Which I think he's appealing to me a little bit with that yeah. one, maybe. Uh, Caitlin Marie writes in Alfredo Pacino. 
Good. And Dijon ham. Nice. Oh, I like it. <laughs> that I one like took you it. an extra it's second. It, it did. I like that. Uh, Tim Barron writes in, speaking of Arrow, Stephen Tuna Melt. Instead of Stephen, Stephen Amell. Mm-hmm. Stephen Tuna Melt. I like it. Damien Cranshaw writes in Mark Wahlberger, <laughs> which I think is a default one that people got to yeah, go to. <laughs> and uh, his better one, Joss Wheatdun. 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 I like it. <laughs> Aaron Shuck writes in. Christo- shuck, 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 shuck. Uh, <laughs> is that the new chant for him? I think it him? has to be. <laughs> shuck, shuck, shuck. Uh, Christopher Water, Water Maloney. Okay. okay, I like that. Greek Oliver Platt. Nice. Good. Lawrence Catfishburn. Ooh, that was good. Rebecca Romaine Lettuce. Yep. And Heath Bar Ledger. Heath Bar. Heath I Bar. like it. Yeah. He uh, followed up with a question saying, P.S., how does one become superfan status? Does it involve dethroning the current superfan? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've had this question in the past, not from Shuck, but from someone else who was interesting in, in kind of becoming yeah. a superfan. I don't know. I don't it just kind of happened. happened organically. Yeah. There's no real... I don't know if you can have a group of superfans. You want to know what? I should just make a shirt that says Geek Generation Superfan. Anyone who buys it is a superfan. <laughs> Automatically. Yeah, because I need some monetary <laughs> investment. But we love those smash-ups, guys. Those are awesome. Thanks again for writing those in. I have the weekly challenge now of coming up with the next smash-up. But since we're all on a high from a particular movie... Yeah. <laughs> I thought we had to do a Godzilla-related smash-up. Oh. So, smash-ups are sometimes wordplay, which is fun, but they're also sometimes conceptual smash-ups, like we did the first time when we did 300 in another movie. Mm. So, it was smashing together not only the titles, but also the concept. So, that's what we're going to do again this time. So, our new smash-up is Godzilla and any other movie. So, how would Godzilla work in a different movie? Sharknado. <laughs> Godzilla versus Sharknado. I want to see. I would watch that fifty Sharknado. times. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I did write some examples, as I always do, to help people out. Uh, the first example is Elfzilla. Okay. After inadvertently wreaking havoc on the elf community due to his ungainly size, a giant prehistoric lizard raised as an elf at the North Pole is sent to Japan in search of his true identity, wreaking havoc along the way, and. Goodzilla hunting. (laughs) Godzilla, a 30-story tall reptile, has a gift for mathematics, but needs help from a psychologist to find direction in his life. Good. So that's the idea here. Uh, This one seems a little harder, too. It is. It doesn't necessarily have to fit with the wordplay on the title. I tried to make Goodzilla hunting work Mm -hmm. a little more in that sense, but... It's just basically putting Godzilla in the context of another movie and how stupid that would be. Yeah. Hmm. Again, you can email those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or you can tweet those to at geekgeneration. We're excited to hear what you guys come up with. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with news as well as our spoiler room discussion of Godzilla. Looking for a way to show your geek pride? We've got a great selection of t-shirts over at the Geek Generation store to help you out. Represent the Geek Generation with a G-Shield logo tee, become Lord of the Geeks, or rock the gamer shirt. All proceeds support the show and allow us to continue bringing you free content. Get your shirt now by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash store. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Hey, this is Chris Hardwick, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. In case for some reason you forgot the thing you were listening to. Why would you do that? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell. We are back, and as mentioned before the break, it is time for some news. Microsoft. Don't know if you heard this, Volby. Might be interested. Mm -hmm. Microsoft has announced that beginning on June 9th, in all markets where Xbox One is sold, they will now offer Xbox One starting at $399. This new console option will be cheaper because it does not include Kinect. 
The company also announced that they are bringing more value to Xbox Live Gold members and offering all Xbox 360 and Xbox One owners access to entertainment apps whether or not you have an Xbox Mm. Live Gold membership. In early June, here's what you can expect from the new generation of Xbox Live. Free games from Games with Gold, exclusive discounts, and popular entertainment apps available for all Xbox 360 and Xbox One users. I think it's good. Yeah. You don't have to pay for the Xbox Live service to use your Netflix. Finally. So basically now Xbox Live is PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold. They've adopted the same exact model. But I still play games on it, so. Yeah. I don't mind paying for it. Well, now you'll get. I don't even know when I get charged for free games and stuff. (laughs) Happens. Yeah. It's automatic on the credit card, so. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a uh, PS guy or Xbox? Uh, PS more than Xbox, yeah. yeah. But I I think options like that are great when it comes to consoles. I mean, more of an audience for them. Right, right. And it also is nice, too, that they're not including the Kinect because it starts to reduce the thought that they're going to end up with that model of having a Kinect in the room where you're required to have it on while you're renting things and the different people being tracked and all that. So uh, it's nice to see that they are getting away from that requirement because they won't be able to implement it for people that don't have it, which is good. Also released, well, not necessarily from Microsoft, but Microsoft related, the next game in the Halo franchise now has a title. Oh, cool. As 343 Industries has announced that Halo 5 Guardians is coming to the Xbox One in the fall of 2015, as is Steven Spielberg's Halo TV series. More news on Halo 5 is coming at the Xbox One E3 media briefing on June 9th. Cool. E3 is not far away. We have so much stuff happening this time of year. It's we crazy. Do. We have E3 coming up just around the corner. All the uh, the fall TV shows have all started to roll out, so we'll have yep. our fall TV yep. preview coming up soon. This is the busiest time of the year for us, I think. And then, uh, oh, I don't think I made a big announcement. Which one? Of what I'm doing I this summer. Ask about this. How did I not geek out about this earlier in the oh, show? Oh, yeah. What is wrong with me? It should have been the first thing I talked about. Or we, we do all the not whole geeking show. out about this. <laughs> I know. I'm very excited to announce that uh, I will be going with my buddy Roger Andrews to San Diego Comic-Con this year. Yeah. Which I am super, ultra, super pumped about. So much so that I said super twice. California girls, look out. <laughs> Here he comes. San Diego Comic-Con is the mecca for yep. geeks, and this will be my first time going. I'm incredibly thrilled to go. Mike Volpe might be joining Trying me. Trying to figure out if I can do it. We're working yep. on it, uh, and if that happens, we hope to bring some awesome content to you from San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm looking forward to that so, 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 so much. <laughs> Warm weather. Yep. Warm weather's Girls in nice. costumes. Yep. <laughs> we win. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward definition. to the exclusive Geek Generation reports. Oh, right? yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure we'll all roll out an online sources way before we can ever get around to a computer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, who knows what we'll be able to offer on the podcast side. Hmm. Maybe that'll be fun. After campaigning for the role since last September, X-Men producer Lauren Schiller Donner has confirmed that Channing Tatum has been cast as the Raging Cajun Lemmy LeBeau, Lemmy LeBeau, Remy LeBeau, codenamed Gambit. What? Yep. Uh-oh. Volpe this just... is bullshit. You got another freak out? <laughs> no. Yep. I don't like it. You don't? But I can't do anything about it, so that's life. What don't you like about it? You just don't like Channing Tatum? I just don't... don't... Gambit? Really? He's Gambit? No. He's Gambit. That, He's Gambit. that doesn't fit. I'm actually... They're doing this to get girls to watch this shit. I liked Taylor Kitsch in the role. I thought he was a good gambit. Yeah, I I didn't mind Taylor. I kind of like the idea of Channing Tatum. I do, too. Yeah. I'm, Why? For me, I've really come to like him the last couple of years. Like mm. He started off as somebody that I was like, okay, he's going to be somebody to get girls into the theater to see movies. But yeah. I think the guy's actually got some acting talent. He does. He's developed over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I, I first saw it in... Rob, side may effects, have, maybe? I haven't seen side effects oh, yet. but see, he was good in that. I don't know. I want to say either you and I have talked about this at some point or it came up on an episode. Maybe. But um, A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. Have you heard of that? I don't know that. I guess it wasn't you then. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was a really, really small independent movie. Okay. It came out maybe, I don't even know, shortly after he kind of broke through. Okay. And it's him and Shia LaBeouf. And they play younger versions of 
Shia is young Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And I think Channing Tatum is young Eric Roberts. And it's this story that- How have I never heard of tell, this? It was, it's super, super small. I guess small. so. And it, it, it's this story about these friends that span from their teen years into adulthood. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, it's Rosario Dawson in it too. Uh, really good movie. Really, really small. Like nobody's really ever heard yeah. of it. But that was when, that was the first movie I saw him in where I was like, whoa, this guy, this guy can act. Like, and since then, it's all, I mean, like we said last week, um, I said I'm a big fan of what he did in 21 Jump Street, sure. the chemistry between him and Jonah Hill. And the fact that he can do roles <clears throat> like comedy roles or these action movies or something that, you know, I know he's made some romantic comedies, mm-hmm. but he's he's starting to show some range or has been showing range. And I liked The Vow. I still haven't seen that one either. I really did. Yeah. It was a great movie. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to what he does in the role. Yeah, I'm on board with this, too. He clearly cares about it. Yeah. He's wanted it for a long time. He's a big fan of the character. And he is a southern guy, so maybe not the exact region. But uh, I think his, like, father has some Cajun or what. They're trying to connect it yeah, that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, in addition to the casting, The Hollywood Reporter has learned that Tatum will debut as Gambit in 2016's X-Men Apocalypse and will go on to appear in his own solo spinoff film. So we got a lot of Gambit coming in the future. I know fans of Gambit will probably be happy with at least more character exposure. Yeah, and I think that's really the only way to get a Gambit solo movie is to get somebody that's more known and Mm -hmm. more of an established star. star. I mean, Taylor Kitsch, they've tried. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like that guy's going to be a big star. Which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, John Carter, as we all know, was a huge flop. Right. And and he did some really good work in... um, the Mark Wahlberg movie, uh, Lone Survivor. Okay. He was really good in that last year. But I just, I think in order to get a Gambit solo movie off the ground, they got to go with somebody who's who's an established star. Right, right. Because he's popular with the comic book crowd, but he's not Wolverine. Right. right. So, yeah, they do need a name there. Variety is reporting that Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness screenwriter slash producer Bob Orsi is set to direct the next film in the franchise. While no release date has yet been set, a 2016 release is anticipated as the year marks the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. I believe this will be his directorial debut. I think so. Which is a big movie to do it with. Huge movie to do it with. And I I don't know. I'm not... As much as I love Star Trek Into Darkness, mm-hmm. I'm really worried about some of like the way he writes. Yeah. I mean, film crit Hulk. Do you know who... I do. I mean, yeah. yeah. He wrote... A great piece on this yeah and i found myself agreeing with with most of it where it's just i don't know i'm worried about the screenplays the guy writes so yeah. now going on to direct i don't know how i feel about it writer to director is a big jump yep and a movie like that to make your debut on is mm-hmm. yeah, it scares me yeah, yeah it's an important franchise and yep. we know abrams is kind of pulled in so many directions these days but I yeah. just hope the Star Trek franchise doesn't suffer because of the Star Wars franchise, because yeah. I'm a Star Trek guy. I mean, I love Star Wars, don't get me wrong, but I'm a Star Trek guy first and, and foremost. I'm on the other side of that, where yeah. I'm a Star Wars guy, but this new Star Trek, I love. Yeah. I love what they did with those first two movies. This is definitely a more mainstream Star Trek. Yeah. For sure. Ubisoft has announced that Far Cry 4 will be available this year on November 18th for PS4, Xbox One, PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. Far Cry 4 will be set in Kirat, a breathtaking, perilous, and wild region of the Himalayas, struggling under the regime of a despotic, self-appointed king. This is not your standard FPS. You will be equipped with a vast array of weapons, animals, and vehicles, and our highly detailed and interactive open world will let players write their own story across an exotic and varied landscape. Customers who pre-order Far Cry 4 receive a free upgrade to the limited edition, which includes Herc's Redemption, a series of three action-packed single-player missions featuring the popular character Herc from Far Cry 3's DLC. The limited edition also includes Herc's signature harpoon gun called the Impaler. I'm not a Far Cry guy myself. No, I never played it. I know. It. The only reason I go it. through it is because I know a lot of people are, so we'll just let that sit as it is. Yeah. <laughs> With Arrow having wrapped up its second season and TV upfronts completed, The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed that actor John Barrowman, who plays Malcolm Merlin, has been upgraded to a series regular for the third season of the show. I am happy about that. Wow. 
I didn't hear about that. I like John Barrowman. He is great. Yeah. So I'm happy to see that he will be around more often than not. Yeah, that's cool. I can. I guess it kind of shows where it's potentially going for season three. Too. Absolutely. Because we saw something happen that yes, was we did. very interesting. And we'll see how that plays out. I uh, don't know if this might interest you, Volpe. Tied to the July 18th release of The Purge Anarchy, Universal Pictures and Bloomhouse Productions have announced The Purge Breakout, an immersive real-life horror escape experience which will travel throughout the United States this summer. In The Purge Breakout, it's the annual Purge Night, when citizens across the country exercise their right of anarchy. Your group is being held captive by a demented psychopath 30 minutes before The Purge begins. Trapped in his house, groups must work together, solving a series of increasingly complicated, mind-bending puzzles and clues to break out from captivity and survive the most terrifying 12 hours of the year. The tour begins in Atlanta on May 30th and travels to Miami, New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Dallas throughout the summer. Its last stop will be from July 11th to the 20th in Los Angeles. I don't know. I need more detail on how that's going to work. Yeah. Seems confusing. I think you basically are just in a room with a group of people and you have to solve challenges. And there's probably, obviously, a very cinematic presentation Mm. to it to keep you invested in the story as you're doing it. But tickets looked, I looked online real quick. It looks like it's 20 bucks Mm. to do it. So they probably give you a half hour because it says 30 minutes before the purge begins. Yep. And you have 30 minutes to solve all the clues or else you're probably dead. Yeah, I don't. It's interesting. It's a cool idea. I just it wouldn't interest me for that movie. Right. But yeah. right. I'd be like, can I wear my Batman costume? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I'm gonna feel safe. Right. <laughs> and I have to be the world's greatest detective if I'm yeah. gonna solve things. But then it's it's putting a lot of pressure on myself too, it I is. think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last news story here. Elizabeth Banks has revealed the latest addition to the cast of her directorial debut, Pitch Perfect Two, Katie Seagal. Best known for television shows like Married with Children and Futurama, Seagal will play the mother of the also recently added Haley Steinfeld. I like it. I like it, too. She's They use a lot of... She, I didn't realize she's also a singer, and they use a lot mm-hmm. of her music on Sons of Anarchy. That's true. And I've actually downloaded a lot of her songs, and yeah. I like her as a singer, and I, I like I didn't even her, think about so. the fact that she was a singer when I saw this casting. Yeah. I wonder if that will be a part of what she does in it. Yeah, and I, I'm a huge fan of Pitch Perfect, so I'm yeah. looking forward to this. Yeah, Pitch Perfect was, I don't think, underrated necessarily, but maybe underrated for our generation. Yeah. Because it's big with with the youngins, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think if you watch it from our age, too, there is a whole different level of appreciation for it. Huge guilty pleasure movie for me. Yeah. I don't know that I even consider it really a guilty I don't. Pleasure. I think it's just a great movie. <laughs> it is. I really I, do. I the only guilty part is some of the music in it because yeah. it's not my genre of music, yeah. but they do it so well in the movie. And you're just like, okay, that's, yeah, that's and good. Banks is directing it, right? Yes, yeah. this is her directorial debut. debut yeah. Yep. So very really excited for that. To it. Yeah. No care. I like Married with the Children. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> good answer. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good for her. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess then that's the end of our normal episode. That's right. We have some other stuff to talk about, but we can't do it here. Where we are we going to go? go? We're going to go in the spoiler room. Ooh. Yeah. Into the spoiler room. For people that have never heard the spoiler room, when we get through those doors, it means all bets are off. We're going to talk openly and spoilery about everything that happened in Godzilla. So if you have not seen Godzilla or if you haven't seen it and you care about spoilers, then don't come into the room with us. If you have seen it and want to hear about it or don't care whether you have things spoiled for you, then you can feel free to join us in the spoiler room. Access granted. Welcome. It's a good thing nobody has to see what we have to do to get, to get into in the there. room. It's Seriously. challenging. The, the, it, it's amazing what we have to do for that thing to know it's us. <laughs> All the buttons we have to push There's and the retinal scanners. going on. <laughs> Look, I said there was a reason you had to be on this show. I'm not going in that way. <laughs> that is up to you. The hardest part was fitting someone else in the room with us. I know. And this is a small room here. to begin with. And what the hell? Ah! Now he's never going to fit in here. <laughs> now it stinks in here. <laughs> Who farted? Godzilla breath. Atomic breath. All right. Very excited to talk about yeah. this movie. We're pretty fresh off of it. Godzilla was, as we said before, 
fantastic. Awesome movie. If I had to make, and I'll get the criticism out of the way because we're probably just going to drool over it the majority of the time we talk about it. The one criticism I have is that the first act moved kind of slow. Yeah. It did take a while to get to the things, but at the same time, I wonder if the movie would have been as good with the things that it did do right if we didn't have to wait through that. So Well, they were building a story. They were. And they're building anticipation. Right. Like, I was dying. I'm just like, I want to see him. I want to see him. (laughs) Which is what everybody wanted. Yeah. And they did it in the best possible way. And they kind of give it to you. Yeah. You get him a little bit. Little little bits and pieces. They're like, look, here's his foot. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Fins above the water. Spikes, whatever those things are. The one thing that I really didn't anticipate at all was Brian Cranston's death. Me neither. Did that not was, see that yeah. coming. And I actually thought he died when the thing fell. Ah. So I was like, whoa, they took him out early. Right. Then he's back. And, and you're like, oh, typical movie longer. fair. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I liked how they did that. They engineered the no trailer. I was expecting. Yeah, they engineered the trailer very uh, intelligently to make us think he was going to last the main character. The main character, yeah. Godzilla versus the you know, right. human race. Yep. And that's the other big thing, yeah. Yeah. We were led to believe that Godzilla is just there destroying the city and he's the enemy and we're trying to destroy him. Also, again, very engineered that instead Godzilla is in quote unquote anti-hero in this yeah. situation, even though I'm going to say a little bit towards the hero side, the uh, the bridge sequence with him blocking the rockets. Yeah, I think that kind of tipped the scales to Godzilla having yeah. a more conscious, heroic perception. Well, to they were him. talking about how. uh He's like the... He's uh, nature's balance. He's right. the balance, yeah. Right. Which you could say that's why he's an anti-hero. He's causing insane amounts of destruction, mm-hmm. and he's just being a force of nature. But that scene with the bridge, I think, really kind of mm-hmm. tipped the scales again to yeah. say, like, in the favor of, okay, he's making a conscious decision not just to be the force of nature, but to also protect as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing... I'm sure there was some fallout that could have hurt or killed people from Godzilla, but they were very careful about not showing anything that would have potentially done that. Yeah. Well, so I thought that was falling smart. through buildings, you know, that people were probably in. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> he stepped on people, too. Uh, but as we were saying, too, the, the buildup to yeah. the actual combat was great because we talked about it afterwards as it being like a wrestling match where they had all the pieces psychologically that a wrestling match does mm-hmm. until you finally get to the actual fight and the the thing at the end, even like a finishing move yeah. at yeah. the end of the whole thing. And we saw, I don't know how the crowd was when you saw it. We saw it with a very enthusiastic crowd, yeah. which made it that much better and reinforces why I love going to the theater mm-hmm. so much. There were, as we call in wrestling, there were three distinctive pops yeah. from the crowd during the combat. There was one... Uh, when we saw the initial atomic breath. Well, and it was, you could feel it building up yeah, in the room yeah. because you see it go up the tail. You go up yeah. the tail and everybody in the room's like <gasps> taking a deep breath in. And then he, when he just blows the fire out, everybody was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, we actually expected one the first time we got the full shot of Godzilla and the roar. Yeah. Right. But that didn't happen. Everyone was kind of taken aback by they it. They made us wait almost like, is he going to do it? Yeah. Like, I don't exactly. know if he's actually going to have this power. Right. Yeah. So they built up that one. There was a huge pop on that. There was a big pop on the tail whip, yep. which killed the male Mudo. Mm-hmm. And there was another pop, obviously, at the breath at the For end. For the Mortal Kombat yeah. finish him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That was unbelievable. Yeah. I thought, and we, I think we both thought, it was going to be a, a grabbing of the jaw and just, just a, ripping. like a rip down That's the middle. But then it was open the mouth, insert atomic breath, and holy crap. And that then was rip, the head, rip off. the head off. Yeah. And yeah. hold it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was kind of like a bowling ball or something. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. And they yeah. built it up so expertly. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they kept teasing. We saw, uh, like the little fights on the TV, which came off as almost comedic. Yeah, people laughed. And and it brought in that kind like, of campy attitude of the old Godzilla movies. And I think the first shot of them fighting on the TV is like it's like almost on his head yes. and he's like reaching up and like trying to yeah. whip it off. Yeah. You laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked the, there were references to the older ones like oh, they, yeah. at, the whole thing started with him referencing 1954 mm-hmm. when they tried to eliminate Godzilla and that was the year the original came out. Okay. And then, um there's a reference to Mothra too when they Oh, was there? Yeah, when uh Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson go back to their old house mm-hmm. and 
Johnson was standing in the in his old room, and there's like a almost like a fish tank type thing. Okay, it says yeah. Mothra at the bottom, and it looked like there was a little cocoon hanging from like oh, a branch. Oh, so interesting. I don't know if that was just a tip of the hat or if that's setting something up down the line. But I think Mothra is the logical progression because he's probably so. the most popular or yeah. the most known yeah. of the the creatures. I thought it was interesting too to see a completely new creatures for this movie yeah, too. Yeah, it was cool. The Mudo's original, so it's not retreading anything and yeah. kind of taking away that expectation or that attachment people might mm-hmm. have to that. They're already trying to sell Godzilla. Why make it harder yeah. and bring in something else people are into? Uh, I listened to Thomas Tull on the Nerdist podcast, the guy who's in charge of Legendary Pictures, and he talked about, too, how he's a huge Godzilla fan. It's why he wanted to do this. He felt the pressure of uh, attacking a franchise like this, but was like, if someone else does it and it sucks, I'm going to be angry. I didn't do it. Mm. So he's he took it on and they made a very conscious effort that Godzilla was not necessarily a dinosaur, but Godzilla was going to move like a person in a costume as part of the charm and the appeal of the older movies mm-hmm. is that you knew it was a guy in a suit and he moved that way. So this new Godzilla that he yeah. created had to move in a similar way. And you saw that, I think, in yeah. the beginning when he pushes the Mudo, like yeah, the first yeah. time they really start fighting, he kind of pushes them like that person would. So it looked, the movements were very synonymous to yeah. that person. I was impressed with the face. There yes. was a lot yeah. of, even emotion in the yep. face. And yep. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I thought what you were saying about the movement, I thought, I, I thought of that at the end when he kind of wakes up from his nap mm-hmm. and walks, walks away back into the water. He's just yeah. kind of like bent, hunched over, yeah, like stumbling, kind of like lunging. I really need a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. Wake me up in a hundred years. The character design was amazing. Oh, I, I was watched, so realistic. Uh, I'd watched a clip online the other day, just in comparison. I wanted to take a look at the Matthew Broderick mm. Godzilla to see like how that animation compares. It looks so cheesy. The older yeah. one. And it didn't yeah. at the time, but it, it's very clearly CGI as we would almost yeah. mock at this point. And now it's amazing to see the evolution of these creatures. And they looked just absolutely fantastic. Having the buildup of like the atomic breath through the tail and everything yeah. was so good. I yeah. think that was my favorite moment of the I movie, think so too. Was the yeah. build up because I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. And then you just see that first spark on the tail. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Here it comes. Yeah. And I I liked how throughout there seemed to be a, and I think I read an interview with is it Edwards Gareth Edwards mm-hmm. is the director yes um, where he intentionally made references to Dante's Inferno and really that, yeah and I I mean especially the parachuting in it, it looks like those guys are parachuting yeah, into hell it mm-hmm. does but one part that I thought came off as really funny and kind of a reference to that was the Vegas scene where the firefighter knocks on the door and mm-hmm. opens it, and it's the suite opens up to just the oh, demolished, yeah. and it's all to Elvis's yeah. devil in disguise. Yep. I thought that was really funny and kind of a, another play on mm. the, the Dante's Inferno references or that was references cool. to hell and the devil. Huh, so, I didn't even realize that at the yeah. time. That's very cool. The uh, One of the biggest controversies with the movie, too, is not necessarily about anything you would really think it's about. I mean, I love the fact that the trailer did kind of misrepresent the movie and we yeah. got something different. There are some people that are not happy that Godzilla was more of a heroic character in the movie and that I'm actually in support of. I thought that was a great swerve to kind of throw in there. Yeah, I agree. But the bigger controversy is actually uh part we kind of hinted at already when you first see the full body shot of Godzilla and he gives the first roar that you hear, it cuts and then you see the uh the family and you see them watching the battle mm. on TV briefly. But then you come back and it's daytime already. So the devastation of that happened and we didn't get to see the fight. And you're left to your imagination to fill in the blanks. People are kind of not happy with that. Like, we wanted more monster fight, whatever. But here's the argument against it. Compare something like this to Man of Steel. Mm. Man of Steel, the final battle with Zod, felt anticlimactic. Absolutely. Because... The rest of the movie was yeah. nonstop destruction and nonstop action. Right. People are going to keep complaining that they didn't see more monster battle. But if you ask them about what they did see, they probably loved it oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Because we were teased with it so much. You were building. And again, we compared mm-hmm. it to a wrestling match. We we're building up to that point where the baby face takes over 
and they really go at it. So when you actually see that combat and see that battle, yeah. it actually means something. That it's last not battle just would have meant nothing if we had seen them fighting from the beginning. Completely yeah. agreed. Yeah. Or even so, if we had seen Godzilla from the beginning in full. Yeah. Yes. Like they really, really held off on him coming out of the water and making an appearance. It yeah. was an hour before we saw Godzilla at yeah. all. I think those re- those reveals were a key part to what made the movie work so well. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. There's no controversy for me in not showing that. Monster no, I was not great. for me either. I thought it was genius. Yeah. Gareth Edwards did a it, fantastic it just, job pacing it the all The last out. 25, 30 minutes is just, they, they, they just built to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you get the atomic breath twice. Yeah. And yeah. they both are. The first one's a huge pop because people are like, oh, my God, I didn't realize they were actually going to do it. And then the second one is like the climactic Holy, moment yeah, of the yeah. movie. So, and follow it up with the roar after. I mean, yeah. come on. Amazing. So good. And it was too, uh, in the, in the argument of the hero Godzilla, very clear decisions from the creature to avoid like boats and stuff. And mm-hmm. like it could have cut through. Yeah. Went underneath instead. So it's more intelligent than people are probably even realizing in that scenario. But mm-hmm. I do like the whole other story too. Like we're talking about Godzilla and the fighting a lot, but the whole other story that was happening with Aaron Taylor Johnson and, yeah. uh, uh, one, someone told me that they were complaining that there was almost too romanticized and they were trying to make it into a romance. I was like, I don't think so. No, it was not fine. really. It was just a you family. You need to care movie. about these characters. Right. Right. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that it wasn't all Godzilla, the fact that he went in and destroyed the nest was uh, a point in the humans mm-hmm. column. So it wasn't all just Godzilla saving us. It was the collaboration between the two without getting into a corny level where like, I'm going to ride on your back. And yeah. yeah. And I'd (laughs) say other than Cranston and uh, Ken, Ken Watanabe's character, Mm -hmm. a lot of the characters were pretty much just cookie cutter characters that we've seen done before. Yep. Um, But it didn't prevent me from getting involved in their story and being, you know, worrying about what was going to happen, Mm -hmm. how he was going to get back to his wife and son. Right. Or if he was going to. Yeah. There were a lot of moments, too, in the movie that could have come across as incredibly cheesy and actually uh, incited a chuckle, but came off as charming instead. Like when Ken Watanabe finally says Godzilla. Yeah. And everyone was waiting for it. There was a slight tinge of humor to that. And people kind of chuckled a little bit, but it was it was charming. We all wanted that. Yeah. So and they gave it to us and presented it in a serious way that Mm -hmm. was just enough to, like, give us what we want and still make it believable. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, <laughs> comments? I'm just go. thoroughly impressed. And, and I have to say, I, I'm really happy that it just ended. We had a story mm-hmm. that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. There was no cliffhangers. There's yep. no – is. they didn't go, oh, look, one of the eggs survived. Or right. like there's going to be another monster or something's coming from the moon. Or like it was just boom, he saved the day. He's going back to the ocean. Will we ever see him again? Who knows? Right. And is that how the – Matthew Broderick one ended with the an egg. egg. Yeah, yep. the egg. I haven't seen it yeah. since the theaters, so that was what sixteen years ago. Yeah, and but. Godzilla was the villain in that one. I right. believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then when they killed, I think Godzilla was like, "Oh, well, one of the eggs survived." Yeah. It was refreshing to see something that you expect to probably become a franchise, mm-hmm. but not set itself up. Well, I guess it is part of one already, but mm-hmm. a new franchise, yeah. but not set itself up as here's what's coming next. Right, an actual standalone film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rarity. Yeah, no mid-credit scene, no post-credit right. scene, nothing. Yeah. Just what nothing. it was. They didn't even do like the roar again at the nope. end of the credits. No, no they didn't even nothing. Stick around. But there were so many credits that oh. as I'm watching, I go, Rob, look at this. There's four lines of names. It's not just one long line. It's four. Yeah. The entire way through. Yeah. Like, that is a lot of people involved in this movie. And the art director, too. I don't know if people know who he is. John Dykstra, who worked on Star Wars. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to watch the behind the scenes on like designing them and yeah you know how much of the setting was like green screen how much of it was actually in the city like Mm -hmm. you know just there's a lot to it did they represent godzilla with a stick with a head on it (laughs) they're just holding the jurassic park t-rex toy and they're just like here he is (laughs) yeah Uh, but the only i think big difference is the roar is different Mm -hmm. yeah from the old ones to what it is now, we were talking. Yeah, building off of the old ones. It too. built off, but it's definitely got that. When you came into the room and Rob played it the first time, we both thought it was. It sounded like the Jurassic Park T Rex. Mm-hmm. It has that, which is probably a good thing. It's yeah. got that realistic sound to right. it. Right. 
it's but, a good combination of yeah. the old and, and new and yeah. kind and of gr- grounding little it. growl before yeah and a rumbling yeah. yeah yeah i mean it is one of the most iconic sounds in movie history yeah, yeah. so the fact that they nailed it so well is and great. you said that you read there were 50 different versions there were 50 different versions of the roar before they decided on the one that they actually used. And that, that just shows you the level of care yeah. that they're actually all huge Godzilla fans. And that's right. what results in the kind of movie that we get out of it. They took on a massive task and just frankly, they nailed it. Out of the yeah, park. They nailed yeah, the completely. Absolutely. Any other uh, Godzilla comments before we kind of sign off? No, I think no. we're all in agreement on this. I think you just need to see it. Yeah. And if you haven't, get yeah. out there and see it. And if you haven't, see it again. Yeah. <laughs> or if you if you haven't seen it again, that doesn't make sense. Know. I think we're going to see, see it again, again though. We this are. time, IMAX. Yes, IMAX. Looking forward to it. Okay, then. Uh, final thoughts. Something you want to plug, Mike Volbe? No. My Volbe. All right, <laughs> fine. Uh, SBVFitness.com. Yay. That's where you can buy my protein powder. Yay. Mm. DJ? Uh, the Real Conversation is available at therealconversation.podomatic.com and we're on Twitter at The Real Combo. Cool. Go to thegeekgeneration.com to see everything that we do. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. Always appreciate those. Like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter and Pinterest. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll have more new stuff for you next week, so we will see you then. See you. Later. Make it so.